Hello and welcome to another episode of the Balanced Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Janine Friston. Now, in today's episode, I speak with the very lovely Nicole Louise Weiner, who is a business coach and mentor to online business owners who want to start, grow and scale their business, hosting memberships, masterminds, one-to-one coaching. It was a really lovely conversation. I really enjoyed chatting to Nicole, so I hope you do too. Please enjoy the conversation and over to my conversation with Nicole Louise Weiner. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I am very good. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So do you want to firstly introduce yourself? We're going to have a great conversation about business and being an introvert and how you can grow and develop your business whilst being an introvert and taking into account those personality traits that are relevant to you but first do you want to introduce yourself of course thank you so yeah I'm an introvert too so hello introverts my name is Nicole as Janine said I'm a business coach mentor and strategist and an expert in business strategy and psychology. I've been running my business now for five years online. Prior to that, well, five and a half years, gosh, yeah, time flies. The five and a half, I need to adjust that. Five and a half. Uh, Prior to that, I was in global investments for 10 and a half years, running back-end ops of one of the biggest FTSE 100s financial institutions. And then, yeah, I started my first business in 2018. It was an outsourcing business. So essentially like VAs, OBMs, social media managers that kind of thing and then grew that really fast and then in 2020 and not because of COVID but just because of life changes I decided to go full-time with my mentoring and coaching then which is what I do full-time now and I help essentially people who are heart-led passionate impact driven which is a lot of introverts too Mm -hmm. to grow and scale their businesses in ways that allow you to have that impact personally and for your community and also not lose your sanity so we can get wrapped up in all the things that we need to do and that work-life balance kind of tips off which is one of the reasons that I started my business because my drive has always been about like time and free time and family and friends and very family orientated Mm -hmm. so I never got how these execs in banking were earning crazy money but never had any time to see their family their friends they work such long hours don't they they're just you know you hear about it and see it and read about it and the tv shows all about it it's like gosh and it's true it is and it's a big culture Mm -hmm. and one I tried my hardest to change some of it but it was and not to be defeatist that culture was beyond me it was so ingrained and it was so wide and there was so much of it that that's why I work with people now who actually really want that and who are willing to do the things we were just talking about before, like do the things, challenge themselves to yep. make that change and have that freedom. We've had quite a similar background before we both started our business, actually, because I was in corporate and in quite a senior role as well in some large organisations and some startups as well. And people you say to me, you know, you can't be an introvert because you are going out there and speaking to all these huge executives and you're going to these big events as a business and you're talking to lots of customers all the time. And now I run my own business. They're like, you're always going live and you're doing a podcast and you host events and stuff. And that goes against being what it is. But it's not necessarily about that, is it? It's about what goes on behind the scenes of being an introvert, not necessarily what you portray to people. Absolutely. One of my clients actually has got a TEDx on different types of introverts. So there's eight, I believe, and hopefully I've got that right. If she's if she listens to this, hopefully I've got the number right. 
but we all show up with that introversion in different ways as well which is really important to understand because the way that it shows up for me or for you may be very different to how it shows up for everybody else who's listening we know it's very individual because it's not actually just about your introversion it's about your other preferences too and how they all like mix together and make the beautiful blend of you so so now you're running your own business but also you've got quite a traditional lifestyle behind the business either was that sort of one of the things that encouraged you to start your business in the first place yeah so when I started my business my family also moved onto a farm in Hertfordshire and moved with them I was also caring for my nan full-time then as well so it was the right time and yeah it's definitely wasn't traditional I mean I was like you know my nan's got dementia I cared for her for about two years so I was like doing stuff with her and then I was doing stuff with clients and then I was going and lambing and, and I was doing stuff on the farm so it yeah. definitely isn't traditional no going from a zoom <laughs> call to suddenly being a, a birthing partner for a you yeah. know a you or something like that absolutely one of my favorite things as well is to teach the lambs how to feed no one else has really got enough patience but it's just like I mean I don't have my own children but lots of my friends do and my family have and it's like you know teaching a child how to latch it's not it's not that they don't know what to do you have to teach the babies the same the sh- baby sheep the same yeah. yeah it's beautiful it's wonderful to be part of I really enjoy it uh, and do you think that you've got that work-life balance so this podcast is all about getting that work-life balance so between the people that you work with and your business and being on the farm and being around your family do you feel like you've got that right or are there sort of still times we think oh gosh I've got this completely wrong Oh, there's still times where I think I've got this completely wrong. Like, (laughs) the thing is that I always come back to, like, life's changes. We were talking about, like, challenging yourself, doing things that are different. Mm. And for me, it's okay if you don't have it all together all of the time and it doesn't all feel great. The way I talk about balance is, you know, imagine those like old school banking scales or the ones you used to use when you used to bake and you had to put weight on the side and then weigh the flour on the other rather than like the digital Mm -hmm. ones we all have nowadays. (laughs) And essentially a scale in that respect is just it doesn't tip over. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be even each side all of the time. And I think when people talk about work-life balance and they think work-life balance is bullshit, that's what I normally say, it's because they're actually, their expectations are unrealistic. Like balance doesn't have to be that it's even, that it's 50-50, that it can be that it moves, it can be fluid. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've really learned. And as I've embraced that more, I feel like the balance is better for sure. Yeah. Because I guess being on the farm as well, you do have times where it's busier than others and there'll be downtime in the farm where I guess you can then ramp up your business activities knowing that's going to happen and vice versa. Yeah. And then also there's sometimes when that can't be planned for. So for example, with lambing, right? So you have a couple of weeks where you think it's going to be busy based on when the ram does his thing and then however many months (laughs) after, but you can't always plan that. You don't know. So there's some years that I've done it and I've blocked two weeks out in my calendar where I've got like maybe two calls in the week with clients and everything else is just, you know, online support where however else I support people. But there's no lambs that arrived and the lambs arrived the two weeks after when my diary was busy. So, you you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, you can't plan for everything as well, which no judgment to anyone who's listening to this and thinking, yeah, but I like that control. So do I <laughs> like I'm a control freak as well. Yeah. But again, it's that fluidity of yeah. like, yeah, sometimes it isn't going to be something you can plan for. No, and, you know, that's the same whether or not you would lived on a farm or not. Even in business, you don't know mm-hmm. sometimes 
you know, you might put some offers out there thinking it's going to be busy and nothing happens, or you might put something out there. I think much like now, for instance, we're recording this in August, which traditionally for quite a lot of our clients would be on holiday or have got kids mm. at home and stuff like that. But, you know, you might put something out there and it really takes off. You just don't know, do you? So you do need to be able to, I guess, part of the thing that I think about is not completely blocking my calendar out so it's really busy all the time so that if something does happen I've got capability to be able to react to that oh I so agree with that you know this always makes me think of when I worked with those execs in banking and one of the things that I did as a PA I moved from being a PA to an EA to a business manager and one of the things was about managing their calendars and understanding that they needed space so you think about it when you think about pricing your services when you think about all of this and you're charging for all of this time you want to be working nine to five you're not allowing yourself a lunch break you're not allowing yourself to stretch your legs you're not allowing yourself to do the behind the scenes stuff that you need to do in your business like editing your website that's never finished or (laughs) putting out another social media post or responding to emails or we can't block it's doing my bookkeeping and my finance that's the stuff yeah I I always forget about that bit and it is isn't it because there's so much to mm-hmm. do and of course we tend to put the things to the bottom of our list that we don't want to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the space is required for that to be able to do those things and also when life throws you curveballs because curveball we can't control again come back to control we can't control what is and isn't going to happen the thing we can control is how we respond so if there's mm-hmm. space there and you're being proactive space in your calendar then it's definitely easier to respond to that <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly So how does being an introvert show up for you in your business then? And how do you combat that? How do you do you do you combat it in the first place? When I wanted to take the business more full time into mentoring and coaching, which was an imposter thing as well. And I'd been doing it for so many years and didn't feel like I could own the title. Mm -hmm. One of the things that obviously you see online is all these gurus that are teaching you. And I use that term very lightly, like gurus are in inverted commas. We're doing doing inverted commas here. Yeah. (laughs) And it's about the big programs, right? It's about hundreds of people. It's about how you can scale and scale and scale and growth and I'm all there for the growth and the scaling but in a very different way so I was drawn into a lot of this you know it's not successful unless I am enrolling hundreds of clients into programs or whatever else and actually and I did try it to be honest I thought that's what what you had to do that's when Mm -hmm. I was learning but actually coming back to my needs as an introvert and lots of my clients needs who are introverts who you know you like attracts like it's small groups for me that are more powerful. I value intimate quality communication. I value that support, giving that support, receiving that support. The same of when I look to invest in my business, I wouldn't be looking to invest now into programs that are with hundreds and hundreds of people because as an introvert, I would shy away and move to the back and just let the louder voices come forward because I don't want to fight for attention. So It's the same with now how I structure my business and my programs, my masterminds, everything has caps on numbers because I want to work with smaller groups of people because that's good for me. But it also tends to then attract the people who also want that intimacy. So it works really well. Yeah. I do exactly the same. Like you say, when you first start out, you follow all these people and get involved and get all the freebies and do the program. (laughs) And like you say, you think we've got to have a huge number of people and I'm all about networking. So I, in my online and in-person events, sometimes there might only be four or five people on an online meeting or attend an in-person event. And for some people, they're like, that's that's not very good, is it? But actually, Mm -hmm. those meetings there, everyone gets a chance to talk and 
everyone gets a chance to ask their questions, to feel like they're supported by the rest of the room, to not be afraid to ask the questions that they want to ask. Because as an introvert, when I was at school and growing up and even in business, I tend to wait until the very last minute until I want mm. the help and then I'll ask for it when it's probably too late. So yeah, actually, as an you. introvert, you can, yeah. <laughs> My bosses, you say, you all right, Janine? No, you're fine. Yeah, 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 I'll be fine. And then something happens like, well, I really need help right now. You know, now yeah. I need help. So, but actually those smaller groups are just amazing and people get so much more from them. Although mm. I also host the big events, like at my festival yeah. in October is a big event. But I am wary that there will be people that don't like attending those big events, whether or not they're an introvert or not. They yeah. Some people just don't like attending those events. So I am cautious about those bigger style events and how they might be perceived and put people off going to. Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit before, weren't we? Like in terms of how you structure some of that, though, so that mm. there is space for people who learn process have different preferences like in those spaces and I think that even as an introvert for me that was really comforting to hear that there's at your events there's quieter spaces there's breakout rooms there's things that allow people to process in different ways and I think also if we look at like neurodiversity which is a movement as I like to call it at the moment that's also really powerful for those people too so yeah everyone copes with things in different ways and stuff like Mm. that isn't it so I'm very conscious of that myself I've got family members that are neurodiverse so I know how it impacts them as well so it's important to make it accessible to as many people as she possibly can without trying to try and do everything she can't unfortunately Mm -hmm. we said this before you can't do everything for everybody unfortunately so no Um, and especially not if you don't know beforehand right so this is what we were talking about around like accommodation so if there yeah. are specific accommodations that you have, like I ask people this who come onto things with me, like what do I need to be aware of? So if there is that opportunity to let somebody know so that if you are an introvert and you're going to a big event like the ones that you run, then you know what's there for you. So it kind of calms that nervous system so you can show up with a bit more confidence when you're there as well to know it's okay, I can step away here or this is where I'm going to have some space. Yeah. So obviously your business has grown loads over the last couple <laughs> of years. So how do you block out your time? How do you make sure that you get that time? You spoke about you can't always dictate that in your calendar or anything like that. But are you careful with your calendar and diary? You know, how do you manage that time effectively? I've had a lot of experience with managing diaries, which interestingly, even though I used to do this as like a full-time employed position, one of my positions, when I came into my business, I didn't apply it to myself, which was ridiculous it's it's always the way it's It's always it's what we do yeah (laughs) and we were talking about that white space so for me I make sure that now I work a four day week sometimes a three and a half day week depending on what my diary looks like but I have two half days off every week I make sure that all of my client stuff's mapped in everything's color coded I love color coding and highlighters I'm a stationary whore in Google or Outlook or whatever you use you can do that as well so for me for example all of my client stuff's in purple so I can clearly look at my week and be like okay this is how much energy I'm giving essentially to Mm -hmm. my clients and then all of my personal stuff is in flamingo which is pink who doesn't love flamingo exactly alone the color 
<laughs> exactly. And then any business development staff, or if I'm recording a podcast like this, where it's more like speaking PR sort of stuff, then that's in yellow. So it's easy for me to kind of see that there's a balance, what we were talking about balance, like across the week, mm-hmm. and also allowing space. But what I can be guilty of is with my ADHD and my gamification of my brain, I can try to cram more, more, more in. So what helps me a lot is to actually put blocks in and say, no more meetings here. Like, <laughs> to say do this today like whatever the thing is which I know time blocking is a popular method in that kind of way I suppose but it's really also about for me learning about your preferences so Mm -hmm. I tend to book in my client meetings when I'm in the best energy so my clients are getting the best of me and then the secondary part comes to like business development in those hours like so it's about being conscious of that as well for me definitely so yeah So with your clients then, so you were saying you tend to work with lots of introverts in your business Mm. generally. I guess that's it sort of like in your mastermind and your one-to-one coaching and and stuff like that. What sort of blocks, I guess they're looking to also grow their business as well. Mm. So what blocks do you find that they tend to come to you with? Visibility. When we were talking at the beginning, actually, around smaller numbers, I realized there's a massive irony when you then look at, if you mm. were to like stalk me and look at my audience on LinkedIn as at time of recording, we're at about 16,000. I've got a collective audience of 25,000 across platforms, which blows my tiny mind, like, and yeah. scares the shit out of my introvert self. If you mm-hmm. put all of those people into a room, I wouldn't show up. I wouldn't be there. But you do need to be visible in order to have a full pipeline. So if we're looking at this strategically, one of the things my clients say to me is, well, I want to make more sales, Nicole. Well, yeah, great. Okay, so where are you visible? Where's your audience? How's your funnel working? Where are you bringing people in? And then there's this massive block around one showing up at all so what do I talk mm-hmm. about no one's going to think I'm very interesting this is all the internal internal processing that introverts yep. do and then yes. also though what do I talk about I don't know where to start because I'm not very interesting so I don't want to talk about myself and then I'm fearful which I know this isn't all introverts but it's definitely for me and, and for quite a lot of my clients if you've had experiences of bullying in the past then you've got fear of judgment. You've got fear of Mm -hmm. somebody coming out and saying, who does he, she, they think they are like, and that is horrible. However, the majority of people are actually really nice and that doesn't actually happen. But until we kind of rip that plaster off and start to get out there if you are seeing at the moment that sales is something that's tricky for you I would look at your top line funnel and be like where are you bringing people in and that's the visibility piece we need to be more visible Mm -hmm. which does not necessarily mean it has to be a podcast it has to be a video it has to be on LinkedIn it has to be on Facebook you don't need to you don't need to be on TikTok dancing and all that sort of stuff you know (laughs) exactly you can can do it your way can't you being visible like you say emails is a great way of being visible behind a keyboard Blogging is another way of being visible behind a keyboard. So there are lots of ways that you can do it if you don't want to be the face or the voice behind the business. And then actually, I'd take that further. So we were talking at the beginning, weren't we, about like challenging yourself. Mm. And actually, especially if you're a service-based business owner, and essentially people are, without it sounding seedy, like they're buying you. (laughs) Yeah, they're buying, they're buying you into and... you, aren't they? They they like yeah. they know like and trust you. The whole networking thing, they know you, they like you, they trust you. They're going to buy from you. Exactly. And if you're not showing your face, if you're deliberately choosing not to show your face, 
that also could have an impact on your impact on the changes that you want to make and the things that you want to get out there because that is what helps a lot of people create connection I mean if you look at the moment on LinkedIn for example a lot of the content that does well is when people have taken a selfie because it's in the moment and it shows the real you as opposed to like you know brand photography is great I love brand photography but it's that stuff that creates connection if it feels really scary for you to put yourself out there like it's okay that it feels a bit scary but I can promise you it won't be as bad as you think like it won't be (laughs) to grow your business you do need to challenge yourself and sometimes step outside that comfort zone but also know that if you step outside a little bit and do one step further and then go back in and get the time and energy recharge reset next time that little step doesn't seem quite so big Um, oh so I so yourself a bit bigger one of the ways that I describe this is because this whole thing isn't there like growth happens outside your comfort zone and for introverts especially that can feel mind-blowing you're like yeah but I don't want to move out of there like I like it I'm quite happy but if you think about it with like a circle around you like you're in it you're standing in the middle of a circle and then you can choose to kind of dip your toe out to try and then you can come straight back in and that's fine and it's just about consistently dipping outside of that circle with maybe then a couple of toes or maybe with your foot and then maybe you stand there with your foot for a bit longer but your body doesn't come out yet and you come back in and then and that's that progress that you can make and you can do it at your own pace but be really conscious that if you are holding yourself back and you can be really honest with yourself and say yes actually I am getting in my own way no you can do it in your own way with your own strengths and your own preferences and people will come to you because of you you might think Mm. you're boring but to other people you're not boring because you're not a boring person you just think that you are everyone's got their preferences of who they like and what things they prefer and you know they resonate with you don't they so I hate the sound of my voice so actually listening to podcasts back for me is the worst thing in the world but some people have said to me they quite like the tone of voice so it's like well okay I'm just gonna go for it you know what's the worst that could happen what is the worst that could happen and that's the way that I always think about it but you know it is difficult and stuff like that and to get yourself out there and be visible but I think if you want to grow your business you do need to challenge yourself but like you say do it in a stepped progressive way yeah so that it doesn't feel 100% scary where you just give it all up and just run back and hide and never come out again yeah and to acknowledge that from a psychological perspective and somatics and the way you neuroscience if you're doing things that consistently push your comfort zone too much and it does feel really fearful for you it's going to raise your cortisol levels in your stress response it's going to wreck your nervous system so actually if you're noticing that it is a bit much think about how you can do it do something consistently and maybe it's smaller not bigger so if our nervous systems are feeling unsafe then we're not going to feel comfortable to take that action so it's about no again Again, coming back to your needs like going in in which I mean isn't very difficult for introverts but going into inside and thinking internally yeah. a little bit and being like what do I really need here and asking yourself those questions and then knowing that you can take the action when you feel supported essentially so I always ask my podcast guests to give three top tips they would give in a particular subject so today I'm going to ask you for three top tips on how introverts can overcome their characteristics <laughs> to build their business so I'd love to hear what we've probably spoken about some of them but just to summarize at the end what three tips you would give I would say number one is find out what kind of introvert you are Mm -hmm. 
because this can show up for different people in different ways. As we said, there are, as I said, I believe eight different types. So there's a scale, isn't there? It's a spectrum of introversion and extroversion. So when you can dip in and out, so have a look at what that looks like to help you to be able to create personalized pathways for you rather than thinking, oh, I read a blog post or I saw a TikTok or an Instagram reel where someone who's an introvert said this and try and apply it and it doesn't work. Like, so think, get to know yourself a bit better would be number one. Number two will probably be around visibility. So with the fear of putting yourself out there, again, like think about that analogy of just dipping your toe out and just doing one small thing, maybe daily, maybe weekly even to start with, just to kind of build those habits and to be really conscious and maybe a bit of acceptance for you, a bit of validation, that it takes a long time to build habits. So mm. it's okay yeah. if it feels like it's taking you a little bit longer. And the third thing I would say is actually asking for help. So one of the things, as you were saying, like, you know, you kind of could sit at the back and, and not ask for help until the last minute. As introverts, that's one of the things that can really hold them back. Mm. And I get this a lot of when people come to me, that they're at that crisis point of like, this is the last shot I've got here because I've tried all of this stuff or I've been trying to do this on my own and now I'm totally in this like like I'm in this hole and you are in control of not allowing that to get to that point and noticing when you do need help and being feeling safe and okay to ask for support which obviously you know with Janine you you run networks for women so finding people who are going to champion you and make you feel safe to ask for that support Mm -hmm. is honestly game-changing so what have you got coming up so where can people get in touch with you and have you got anything exciting in the pipeline over the next few months or anything that people can get involved with thank you yeah the best place to connect with me is over on linkedin it's my favorite hangout nicole louise why now you'll find i think i'm the only one you'll find (laughs) me there and my podcast so supercharge your business wherever you listen we're on all the platforms in terms of what's coming up i've got a mastermind an intimate small mastermind online mostly that starts at the end of september and then i've got a retreat in november in the Cotswolds as well so yeah Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing some of your hints and tips and the way that being an introvert hasn't held you back. It's just for you to understand what it is and to move forward in the way that's right for you, which I think is right for everyone in business, no matter if you're an introvert or not. It's what's right for you and your business and don't necessarily have to listen to everyone else talking that this is the way that you need to do your business it's your business so but thank you very much Nicole for joining me today I really appreciate it thanks for having me how great was that conversation with Nicole Nicole was a joy to speak with and I loved how she spoke about how she manages her diary to take into account when her energy levels are best and making sure she gives her clients the best of that time but also around how even as an introvert or anyone who's struggling with their business at this moment in time how you do need to challenge yourself but in a way that works for you so as Nicole said there dipping your toe in a little bit to something if you are scared about doing something or if it goes against your personality perhaps your capabilities or what you believe to be your capabilities are if we want to grow our businesses we have to challenge ourselves we have to be more visible we have to get out there and meet people We have to do things that we might not want to do if it's the right thing for our business. So if there is something that you are worried about, scared about, goes against your personality traits, take those tiny steps as myself and Nicole spoke about in that. So 
Take a tiny step towards being more visible. Take a tiny step towards challenging yourself to do something over and above what you'd normally do, whether or not that is to go on a podcast, to do a live in a Facebook group, to get out there and go networking for the first time, whatever it is. If it goes against what you'd normally want to do naturally, do it in a very tiny step for a little while and then go back, reset, recharge, feel proud of the fact that you've done it and then go again and go again a bit bigger each time. And before you know it, these things that you might think will be challenging to begin with will become easier and easier and easier. Before you know it, you're out networking, you're doing lives all over the place maybe, or whatever it might be. I loved that analogy of just dipping your toe in and then going back and doing what you do best, which is being an introvert or not doing those loud lives and TikTok videos or whatever, but just going out there and doing a little bit and then stretching that each time. So I hope you enjoyed that episode and do look out for the show notes where you can get in touch with Nicole on LinkedIn and via website and things like that. Till the next episode, have a lovely time.